1: Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Welcome back to Fright School. Hello, Joe.
2: Hi, Joshua.
1: Ah, oh, how are you doing?
2: I am well.
1: I am breathing. How are you? Right. There's like a collective sigh around the world. Uh, Malicious, uh, proud Nazism has been defeated. Um, And now we just deal with the regular kind of hidden stuff again. (laughs) Yes, we'll just deal with the stuff that's in the shadows. Uh, No, but uh, yes, it's, um, you know... the. we're a little hopeful, and uh, we'll be back to fighting an enemy we can predict a little better, hopefully. <laughs> we hope, we hope. Uh, so, dear listener, today, um, as as you saw in the, I'm sure, the show notes, we are... Uh, Posting up our live episode that we had, our Ode to Witches, that was part of Horror Movie Nights All Day uh, Halloween Eve stream, where we had the lovely uh, Tamion, Wiccan High Priestess, and our lovely Ashley. But uh, in the interim from when we recorded this episode to now, there has been some discussion and uh, backlash I guess, you know, you would call it against the new witches 2020 that we did not discuss. And so I just thought it would be appropriate to just do a quick little check in with you all about that. And Joe, uh, of course, as well, since you're here, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm here Um, to discuss it a little bit, because I do think it's important. So sort of just to boil down the controversy, um, the 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 new adaptation is being criticized by the disability community uh, for the way that the witches' hands are uh, were designed, uh, which is looks similar to a limb uh, abnormality called uh, ectrodactyly. Ectrodactyly. Mm-hmm um you did a really good job pronouncing that because
2: i was <laughs> looking at it the whole time the whole day and could I'm not figure out
1: it's like polydactyl is when you have like a like i've had cats that have had extra thumbs or extra fingers um mm-hmm. so i think yeah and think pterodactyl also.
2: is a dinosaur
1: <laughs> good job joe yes <laughs> uh, and not a limb as not a limb not. exactly <laughs> um but yes ect, ect, uh so which is a kind of a, a looks like a a split hand uh which is uh, typified by the absence of one or more central digits on the hand or foot so um people that have these uh limb differences uh or others have um kind of called into question the designers behind the film and, you know, wondering if they had really thought about portraying um, these witches, you know, which in the film are called demons, really. They're not even women, they're demons. Uh, these monstrous creatures is having something that would echo possibly some of the children watching it, some of the, their family members, and portraying them in a, you know, in a horrifying manner. And really, I, I kind of wanted to just talk about it a little bit because I do think it's important that we... I talked to a lot of people about this movie before we did our episode, and I read a lot of reviews about it—positive um, and negative. You know, people going, "Oh, I just don't like it" because of whatever reason. They either love the original Angelica Houston version and hated this one because mm-hmm. of nostalgia, or because they just legitimately didn't like it. Um, to be honest with you, as somebody who's in their you know mid thirties and do- did love the original witches, I'm not the target audience for this film. Um, it's definitely a, a film for kids and for family in a different way than the witches was uh, the original or the the 1990. I keep I'm trying to reject this as a remake, um, rather a readaptation. So the the first adaptation in the 90s, uh, which was you know scarier and you know uh, the, the reasons that we love it, we've we've talked about in in the episode uh, that to follow in the conversation to follow. So, but I just think it's interesting because nobody that. I respect like, you know, I mean, not that nobody that I respect, but people who I talk to about the film who are, you know, aware, I think in some sort of way, quote unquote, woke, um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, talking about the film, nobody brought this up. None of us saw it. None of us saw the potential, at least with what I read and the friends that I talked to. And I think that was very important for us to kind of have whether or not you agree with the backlash, whether or not you, you know, sit and go, gosh, it's a kid's movie about monsters, you know, and we've got to choose ways to portray monsters. And, you know, it's, it's really a film about love and about friendship and, you know, and, and let's focus on that, you know, whether or not you agree with it, the fact of the matter remains is there, you know, outside of the disability community, you know, the disability rights community, nobody really saw this problem. And I think ableism in our culture, I mean, that's another really unexplored frontier, you know, and we do all mm-hmm. of us, even as, as hard as we try, you know, to be aware and to, you know, we constantly are on this, you know, show talking about, um, you know, the cultural ram- ramifications of horror, you know, the echoes in horror, cultural anxiety, you know, whether horror creates fear or helps fear, you know, and there's, and, and all of our friends, you know, and all the people that we know and respect, you know, in, in the, in the horror analysis field, You know, ableism is still one of those things that we fucking missed, you know, and I think it's kind of humbling. And I think it's one of those moments to kind of step back, you know, and realize that, you know, we don't know everything. And we don't see everything. And we live in a world where it is designed for a particular type of human body. Um in a lot of different ways, you know, I think about how many things are designed for right-handed people and not considering left-handed people or people of a certain size are not considered or a certain height are not considered. Uh, you know, so we live in a very ableist culture that allows us to be, um, completely unaware, I think in some extent. And so I just felt it was necessary to address that and necessary to kind of take that on as a challenge as we, as we continue to examine particularly monsters and, um, you know, in the horror film in that way and, and, and how it reflects differently to different people and we can totally miss it.
2: Yeah. Um, what, what was the, what were the hands like in the first adaptation?
1: Just, uh, like cat's claws. Oh, uh, okay. And that's also from the novel. They're described as having these, uh, you know, they wear gloves cause they've got really, you know, horrible, you know, looking f- f- creepy fingers that have cat like claws, uh, which could have been a great, awesome design element, you know, especially in the in the new version and would have looked scarier, probably. Yeah,
2: um, I, I'm going to be honest, I didn't particularly like the design of the hands and feet. Like, I thought it was I was too busy trying to figure out what was going on in the gloves. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> because, you know, they had like they put on gloves and all of a sudden they're moving with a lot of dexterity and
1: Right. Um Yes, exactly. No, really they are funny. witches, so
2: magic <laughs> could be happening in the gloves. True, um, true.
1: Yeah, and the feet in the book are described as being, like, you know, flat and uh, squared off at the end. And they squeeze them into stiletto pointed heels so they look, quote-unquote, normal, like normal women would look, again, as defined by Roald Dahl in 1960-whatever, whenever this book was published. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Yeah, it's so it's so interesting because it's like you. I, I think what oh god,
1: eighty three. Jesus, I was way off. What? The oh wow. Um, Anyways,
2: I, <laughs> I think this is just it's it's inter, It's it's a further kind of it's something that we can still be critical about. Like we have to be mm-hmm. critical about these things, and you know we we always talk about who gets to make movies, who gets to portray right. this, that, and the other. Um, one thing that came up. Uh, this. One thing that came up this week was Anderson Cooper's comment about the um, obese turtle on the back, right. which kind of, you know, reinvigorated the conversation about that word. And again, whether or not, however you feel about uh, you know, a lot of people do not like uh, the current occupant of the White House and this administration. And it's very first thought and low ball to, um, You know, because it's like when you to associate him because he is obese, you know, and and to associate that with, you know, um, automatically, that's the first part of uh, the monstrosity. And so, you know, where this comes to play and what I think you're trying, what I think Joshua is saying here, too, is that, like, you know, there is a very where we have to be very intentional and very critical about who gets to create monstrosity, who who are the people, what are the conditions in which. Um, the monsters can be created because there's a you know as we have talked about on the show many times, the monsters are manifestations of our fears and our um our negative thoughts, but they also could be us as well. We are also the monsters, and in, in that way, so it, it's yeah, just very interesting when you when you because this was like this big motion picture, and. And you think about how many people work on a film. You think about how many people go through all that stuff. And especially, like, Kenya Barris, Guillermo del Toro, like, especially Guillermo del Toro, you know, who is, like, very much that's his thing. He is known for monstrosity. He is known for uh, for his creatures. And so nobody thought of this. But, again, at the same time, it's, like, it's not you don't have to think about everything. You do have to vow to do better. I don't know. What do you right. think?
1: No, I mean, I, yeah, I think that, I, I think I think the, the idea that nobody thought about it is what's most enlightening here. And the fact that the critique that uh, originally started, and like I said, lots of people are now self-righteously sharing these, you know, articles and talking about it. And I'm just sitting here like, None of you saw. We did not see it that way. We didn't, mm-hmm. and uh, and I I do think all criticism of things are valuable of film of, of pop culture. You know, if somebody sees something and go, "Wow, that makes me feel a certain way," I do think that's valid, and I think that we can we should talk about it and 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 carry that on as a critique. Uh, we talked a little bit about that with Silence of the Lambs. You know, with you know the trans community being upset by it, and it's like I think we can take that in. We can look in, and say you know as we discussed in the silence of the lambs episode that 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 buffalo bill is not a trans person he is a very mm-hmm. confused sociopath who just wants to be somebody radically different than he is so the story is not about is not a trans character's journey being shown as a homicidal maniac you know but the trans community the queer community read that into it and saw something more there that needed to be thought about and maybe needed to have a little bit more grace you know to 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 portraying that Mm-hmm. and so i think that's a valid you know and, and as to this the, the discussion around the silence of the lamb so this again our focus in discussing witchcraft and witchery is feminism the way women are portrayed you know the original book got a lot of criticism because it was like women oh witches can only be women you know and then mm-hmm. there are these monstrous demon creatures you know so it's like you, there there is criticism there and there is conversation there about what that says to children reading this about women um you know and so that was our focus and that's what we were kind of analyzing and thinking about um you know with 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 witchcraft and so you know we you, you just missed it and i can't even say that if that hadn't been like i mean that i would have even really noticed it i mean it's just there's just there's just a conversation here about ableism you know mm-hmm. and about how society we still have kind of a long way to go um, with that because we don't really think about it. And we do think when, you know, when we talk about body horror, um, how sometimes that is reflected in real life bodies walking around, Mm -hmm. um, and that we don't consider it that way, you know, and we're not thinking about it, you know, we're not thinking about the elephant man having been a real live human being, you know, and not just some, you know, he was a person with thoughts, you know, and, but that becomes a template then for creating other, like the fly, you know, there's some um, parallels there about the, about the disfiguration of him as he changes with like the elephant man, you know? And so it's just like, again, it's just those sorts of thoughts, you know, um, thinking about, you know, the criticism of the quiet place. Is that what it is? Um, mm-hmm. quiet place uh, from the deaf and hard of hearing community. Um, you know, and I, I just think, I think it's, I think it is important to consider, um, especially in a, in a genre that is about monstrosity. I just think that it's, you know, something that we have to, um, can be handled a little bit with a a little more deftly. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, that we just wanted to kind of tack on a little beginning here just to address that there has been um this criticism and i do think it's valid and i think it's important to to recognize and we you know people of all types love horror and want to um you know want to feel different ways you know and i'm sure it's one of those i bet we could find plenty of articles where people you know feel differently <laughs> you know yeah. um and that's what i love about horror and that's what i love about continuing to you know analyze pop culture is um you know, we're all walking around with all of our experiences and seeing things in different ways. And so this was just kind of a, a humbling moment not to have, you know, I I did not see that critique. Um, it did take yeah. somebody else commenting on it for me to be like, oh, well, yeah, you're right. That is a little, that's, um, yeah, that's something we should discuss. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. And again, I mean, like, again, we... It, it, these kinds of critiques are always difficult for me because like I because it's like we the people who I don't I don't see any um, I don't see any malintent from the writers. I mean, again, I I don't I don't see that. It's not like they said, oh, my God, look at their hands. Aren't their hands the the, you know, I mean, the description is that this is just what they look like. But it's like their hands mean that they're evil and they're from the devil. Like there wasn't any that kind of even in the text, the malintent. But again, like you said, it's like everything, all of it is valid and you know, the I, I think what's the most interesting is that, like, they th- this is gonna this is genuinely hurting people. Like, this is genuinely people who have this can who who have this condition are, um, seeing themselves on screen as you know, not the way that they want to see themselves. Um, right. and not the way, um, you know, there's a there's a punching down to it.
1: Yeah. One um, again, there's another that you know, it's just intent and effect are different things. Mm-hmm. and uh you know i think this is one of those examples of kind of realizing that you know that they just they wanted to do something different and we thought this was kind of a weird look and you know we thought it would kind of add make our witches a little more otherworldly than just you know kind of the way that they did with angelica houston's version um you know i mean so yeah i'm certain nobody ever sits down to make you know a hundred million dollar movie and you know, figure out how to upset people <laughs> in, mm-hmm. in this way. I mean, there's certainly other, yeah. I'm say Unless you're Michael Moore, people. right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. You know, but, um, you know, so I just think it's, I thought it was a very, uh, rich discussion this past week. And I thought, uh, we should have it kind of in a quick way here to introduce, uh, this episode because we did not touch on it. And, uh, so I just wanted to, to say that before. So, but otherwise, um, yay rest up the fight continues but um uh, maybe you know um not from inside of the concentration camps i've been fearing <laughs> yes um so you know um the, the 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 race war is delayed one more you know for a little <laughs> yeah. bit longer yeah so we'll see but um yeah So, otherwise, I hope that you all have a good week. Uh, Joe, as always, adores Adore adore Adoria. And here now is our live episode, our Ode to Witches.
2: I just want to apologize. I'm sorry to everyone. I was very naive And very stupid, and I shouldn't have put other people in danger. I am so sorry for everything that has happened, because in spite of what Joshua says, it's now all my fault. I insisted our listeners subscribe to Fright School on Apple Podcasts. I insisted they leave us reviews. I insisted that they give us a five-star rating. And it's all because of me that we're here now, and we're being hunted. I love you, Mom and Dad.
3: I am so sorry. I only wanted to make good content for our listeners. I'm so scared. Out here, (laughs) Joshua, is that you?
4: (laughs) All right, Scott. Now, I have met a lot of people while podcasting in my life. Uh, Obviously we've had Stephen Bay and Matt on here doing analog Jones. We have Marissa and Jackie on here doing Jersey goals. And I know that it is not fair to pick favorites. Like when you're picking your favorite children, but there is something that just fills me with joy every Monday. When I see that there is a new episode of fright school in my feed. And I've told them this a million times. But my favorite part of their show is listening to these two just banter about what they did that week before they even get into the movie discussion. It fills me with joy. I'm so excited that we were able to get them on this as well because I throw I love you around at a lot of people, but I really do truly
1: love Joshua and Joe wow.
0: of French school. <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh, my, my, my eyeliner's gonna be running. <laughs> Joshua's lying, <laughs> he doesn't you know, have feelings. <laughs> we
4: can't hear uh, so, so he can so you. adore wants. you. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> so, Scott and I are gonna dip out. Uh, we'll be back at 10 o'clock to do uh, our fantasy draft on not uh, of scary moments in non horror movies. Uh, but one last time before we jump over to you guys. If you haven't yet, please swing over to Scares That Cares website. ScaresThatCare.org backslash donate dash now uh, and throw in a donation. Now, I have found out that apparently on their donation page, you need a zip code to be able to pay for with your credit card, uh, which has caused some problems with our UK and Canadian Fans, uh, we'll I'll talk to Joe and try to see if there's another alternative for that in the future because you still should. If throw they some want to Venmo. Way. They can
1: Venmo yeah. us oh, and we can dude. just do it ourselves. Like I promise that we would. We promise yeah.
4: that we don't want the money. We want the money to go to Scares the Care. Yeah, yeah. um and if you Venmo you that money to into it,
1: the, the the
4: prize raffle, one hundred percent. And I'm asking you to please, please, please. During freight school, this is what I would consider the last chance for you to donate to be part of that raffle, because I'm going to put the names on a sheet of paper and draw them out of a hat as soon as we're done the draft. uh, And I might not have time to write your name down once 10 o'clock rolls around. So now is the time to do it. Scott, I'll see you in an hour. Bye, Scott. (laughs) Josh and Joe, I will be hanging out here mostly to bring in your guests when it's time and throw up comments for you. But the show is
1: now ah can you hear me control can you hear me i can hear you all right excellent hey everybody welcome to fright school live we are a weekly podcast where me big horror nerd takes my friend here uh horror newbie on a weekly chat about a horror film it's Cultural and social, political, all kinds of different ways that it uh, matters and why we uh, love horror. Uh, and um, yeah, it's super fun, and you should check us out. But okay, sorry, I'm trying to be quick because we got an hour. And we got We got so much to exciting stuff to talk about. Are you doing all right, Joe? I'm doing great. All right. Well, here <laughs> we're just off and running. So just off and running. We have to take our like
2: you know hour and a half, two hour banter and put it in an hour. This is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a feat. I can't you know, wait.
1: So true. We don't we don't have all the time in the world. So, but uh, so first, I want to welcome on to the show you. If you've been to see us at any of the cons or live shows, you've seen uh, this wonderful human being who's such a, a great help to us. And um, she's the she's our final girl of Fright School, Ms. Ashley. Welcome to the show.
3: Hey. <gasps> yeah!
1: Oh man, man. <laughs> Yes, Mary.
2: Oh yes. my God. Ooh, oh, my oh, amazing.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Oh, oh you awesome. guys this costume.
1: Yeah, oh, that uh, it looks great. <laughs> um, so uh our uh, so okay, so here we go. We got another guest to bring in. So this is Tamanava. Tammy Eden. She has been a practicing eclectic Wiccan for her entire life and is a high priestess in the magical arts. She's the proprietress of Broomsticks on Facebook and Etsy, where you can find her candles, wreaths, jewelry, and other delicious homemade goods. Welcome to Fright School, Tammy.
3: Hi. How's everyone?
1: <laughs> Hi, Tammy.
3: Hi. Yeah, we are hey, all hey. here.
1: So, sorry, I'm really high energy because I'm so, so excited for this coming. Look at this. We formed a circle. <laughs> we're going to call the corners. It's going to be amazing.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: so, all right. I think um, let's chat a little bit first about, so did everybody get a chance to watch The New Witches and The Craft Legacy? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to start yeah. there. We're gonna just have, We're going to have a brief chat about, uh, you know what everybody's thoughts were. Let's start. Let's start with the witches. What did we
2: think? So full disclosure: I have not seen. I did not. I I made a conscious choice to not see the original witches, and I have not read the novel. Um, the original witches I am saving for the after time when I can be at Joshua's again because I know it's one of his favorite films. <laughs> so not watching. Uh, not watching Angel- Angelica Houston witches. But I did see this uh, this version and um, and the Anne Hathaway witches. Uh, m- ladies, your thoughts?
3: Um. So I saw it's most okay. of the new one. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Um, I saw the original you know, way back, <laughs> and so I'm still kind of a, a truest to the original. Uh, the most shocking thing for me mm-hmm. was the color of the skin that had changed. Um, it was nice to see that there was a modern representation. However, I was not expecting that at all. Um, and I'm not sure if it helped or hurt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I love I that you brought that up and I want to chat about that, but I wanted to hear Ashley's thoughts first.
0: Um, I am partial to the original because I love... Jim Henson and his dark puppetry um, was kind of missing that in the new one. It was a lot more CGI choices, which is fine, but I was kind of expecting a little bit more because Guillermo del Toro has his name on this. Um, So I don't know. It was, it was a movie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) um so as as joe said i i do i love angelica houston i love the original i also i love the um i have i have the original uh novel i also have a really cool uh graphic novel version that they did which i feel like somebody read this before they made this new adaptation because it's kind of like it just it, it feels like um like they adapted this uh, there are just elements of it that I'm like, well, gosh, that's in mm-hmm. this new version of the film that wasn't in, like, the uh, original novel or the Angelica Houston 1990 uh, version of The Witches. Um, I, uh, Tammy, that mm-hmm. you brought up the, the color. So that was one of the... Um, issues that I sort of had with it because, you know, they were like, okay, we're going to take it from England and set it in America, in Alabama in like 1967, 68. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like they didn't really fully explore you know, what they kind of set up, which I, I think was the disappointing part for me, because I did really enjoy it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I watched it a couple times, you know, just because it was sort of silly. And, um, you know, I, I just felt like I like seeing Anne Hathaway be, you know, evil and campy. And, you know, that was fun. But I just was like, I feel like <laughs> you're trying to say something. And they kind of missed the mark because they could have really gone into about you know valuing white missing children over children of color over black children. Mm-hmm. You know they could have um, realistically, I feel, portrayed Alabama in the '60s a little better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah. if you want to uh, speak to any of that, I'd love to hear your thoughts.
3: Um, honestly. You- the words right out of my mouth. I, I really do agree. Um, however, I understand it's a family film and it's still supposed to be fun. So, I guess if you were going to talk about Alabama during that time, all the fun is gone. Um, <laughs> at least for people who look like me. So, um, I, I think they tried. I think they did their best. It It's a nice little, you know, ditty. Um, like Ashley said, it's a movie. It's a movie. It's entertainment, but... Eh. <laughs> Give me my Angela. <laughs> you,
2: you know, it. <laughs> yeah. So.
3: I do think
0: it, that it, I enjoyed having Sam uh, and Octavia Spencer in there. I think they performed well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's cut that. <laughs> no,
1: I agree. Yeah.
2: No, absolutely. Um, I. <laughs> it, it, it's so strange because it's like they. I think what was just so shocking for me was like, okay, they. They went to like this very fancy resort in like Alabama, <laughs> on the on the you know uh, Gulf of Mexico, the you know Mexican Riviera type thing. And you have like you know a bunch of white faces, and here she is rolling up there, and everyone seems like very oddly tolerant of <laughs> of a of like Octavia Spencer thing, you know, just like being this woman. And, like, I see how they set that up, where it's like, oh, you know, my... Oh, by the way, everybody, spoiler alert for, if you, if you don't know the witches, um, probably even more spoiler alert for craft, uh, uh, the Craft Legacy. But, yeah, she was like, oh, you know, my my relative made this restaurant the way... Like, put this restaurant on the map or whatever. And so, like, there is some deference there, but it still right. just didn't feel, you know it didn't, it still didn't feel true. And I don't know, it kind of reminded me a little bit of antebellum in that way, where it's just like the stark absence of like, like cruelty, like, like overt racial cruelty is also very, it's very interesting, but it's also nice to not see that and to not have it be a character. And we can just have this very campy tale about witches and all of that stuff. Um, was the grandmother in the orig- in the Angelica Houston, was she also some sort of, like, practitioner of magic? The way that... Know. Okay.
1: No. no, no. She was just a witch hunter. Um, And they, they kind of allude to it. She's missing fingers in it. I think in the book, too, she's missing a couple of fingers. So it kind of alludes that she had had this really terrible experience with witches. And so that kind of fuels her... Mm-hmm. Um, her belief and her need to protect and and to hunt them you know and to instill that in her in her uh, offspring so or her um not her that's not her son her grandson <laughs> so anyways I, I mean overall i think it was a lot of fun i mean definitely catch it it's perfect kind of spooky entertainment for young kids that aren't going to you know watch saw yet <laughs> since they're not my kids um <laughs> you know i thought it, i thought it was fun um it's
0: funny my roommate um she mentioned when I was that I was going we were gonna talk about the witches and then the reboot of it. She said that the original one still traumatizes her to this day. like Angelica mm. Houston is literally horrifying um to this day to her so it's like it's still it's scary if you're a child, the original I don't know if this one is as scary because it's still very much animated um, yeah. and like glittery,
2: probably to me. <laughs> To me, as a child, it would have been. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it was like you know Guillermo del Toro's attached, so there has to be teeth. Like literally, there has to be some teeth to the monster. Right. <laughs> um, but like, it was also nice to see like Kenya Barris is attached to this, and I'm just like, okay, you know, we this mm-hmm. is they're they're definitely trying to say something. I did a pre- like. I did like, oh, why Why do I feel, why do I buy Chris Rock as a narrator? It's because of, you know, everybody hates Chris. So it's like we already get, mm-hmm. There's already like, you know, mm-hmm. Chris Rock is narrator. Um, I think the yeah. most, uh, I, I think one of the more outrageous claims of the movie is not the existence of magic and, you know, talking mice, but that we're supposed to buy adult Kristen Chenoweth's voice as a little girl. <laughs> um which that you know was that's very
0: just,
2: jarring to me. <laughs> it's like I'm a little girl at the orphanage. I'm like, really?
4: <laughs> I yeah. don't
1: know if that's correct, but yeah, I think people were expecting her to be like the good witch that was in the original Jane Horrocks played her, you know, Bubble from um, Absolutely Fabulous. Yeah. So I think they were kind of expecting that. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad they kept him as a mouse, and that does track with the novel and. Uh, It is narrated that way, the book, you know, as as like sort of a flashback. So I liked all of that, Um, you know, but overall, yeah, totally a fun kids movie. Not really necessarily about the practice of witchcraft. Uh, So which is a good point to move into the craft legacy. Now, I don't want to spoil it, so... Let's be careful about how we talk. Okay, we've been out a day, um, but just give kind of our honest (laughs) thoughts whether people should spend the twenty bucks or twenty five if if you bought it, Um, (laughs) which says everything about kind of how I felt about it. Uh, But it is a different; it's a more natural approach, kind of like with the craft, you know, trying to. You know, play with the ideas of of witchcraft So let's start um, Joe, you start first And we'll go Joe, Ashley, and then Tammy Um, I thought it was very fun
2: (laughs) I thought it was very fun That's no, that's not a read That's just not, you know, that's just I was like, I enjoyed it There were definitely There was definitely a moment Where Um the girls in our the our, our core four, um, and then when they add the fifth, and there is a scene in a bedroom where a disclosure is made, and I like literally <laughs> went, what, <laughs> what? Um, when any anybody who watches this will know it. Um, I am v- trying very hard. This is it is not on brand to to not spoil.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: to to know, there was a disclosure. Right. Um, I, I was very much like, oh my god, that's insane. Um, And then from there, I was like, okay, how are they going to deal with this? It very much set itself apart. Um, but I had the feeling, like, reflecting on my feelings a little bit after, I have, like, if they had just made this as a movie about a young group of zennial, you know, practitioners of magic, it would have been fine. Like, they didn't need to, they didn't need to call this uh, the craft they didn't need to attach it to anything prior it could have just stayed as like here's a movie about like some you know girls who are interested in practice practicing witchcraft and, and all of that it didn't need to have because the craft was such a moment like it was such a cultural moment it was such a style moment a musical moment it was very much all of yeah. these things it in the is. late 90s. Exactly, and still is, still is very much to this day. So it was just mm-hmm. really interesting to me to have this, because if I, it, the moment I stopped taking, the moment I started thinking of this as this is the craft, it was just watching a movie about girls and magic, then I appreciated it more. Like, I liked it a lot better.
1: All right, I dig that. Ashley?
0: Was it? Was it my turn? Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was fun as well. Um <laughs> the the soundtrack really does it for me. I, I went on Spotify afterwards and decided to follow the album soundtrack, the movie soundtrack. Um I like what they were trying to say more with like a feminist and masculine juxtaposition rather than it being like girl on girl torture and violence and uh, battles. Um, so I enjoyed what they were trying to say there. Um, yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, so I don't know what else to say. Uh, I, I would say it's worth twenty dollars
2: to oh, rent right? to buy. Is it, is this a rental or a purchase? <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is just a rental.
2: Okay, good. <laughs> I'm, until I'm it's on streaming Team for free r- I'm on team rental as well. Wait till, like, if you really want, you can wait. If you really, I don't, I think you should rent it and not wait till it's on shutter, but you should definitely
1: rent it. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Tammy, what did you think?
3: Yeah, I'm team rent also. Um, (laughs) Like, like Ashley just said, um, it's a great movie. And even Joe said it. It's a great movie if you're looking at it as a movie and not as. Okay, a follow-up or a legacy film to The Craft. Um, My thoughts are the last 30 minutes are the best part. I would watch those last 30 minutes over and over and over. (laughs) Um, But you have to get through about, what, an hour and 20 first to get to that point. So it can be a little slow. I'd say don't get your snacks at the start. Um, Get them after the movie starts. And that way you don't really miss anything. Um, And you get your food. (laughs) Um, but you know it it is what it is, and <laughs> at the end, I understand why they did what they did, and okay it, it's justified, but i I wouldn't buy it i I would say rent or just wait, Wles on Netflix, and then didn't watch it. I um, was full
2: was on making work. I was full on making guacamole like the first like twenty minutes. <laughs> And
0: exactly.
2: and I didn't miss. And I was like, I didn't feel like I. I was like, maybe I should go back and rewatch it. I'm like, no, I didn't miss a thing.
1: I immediately watched the the craft right after. You know, just to um, so did I. that flavor. You know, because I really, you know, I wanted more. You know, I wanted it to be a little darker. I did. I agree. I enjoyed that it wasn't about the 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 women. Uh, being against each other, you know, they were really fighting an outside source and when they do disagree, it's about consent and it's about the use of power and that yeah. they all feel they should um bear the consequences because because all of them together create the power you know and i thought that was very very interesting um you know so there were definitely some things to think about within it uh but yeah i would definitely say if you watch it you're going to want to watch the craft afterwards if you're a fan of the craft um you know which if you're not then uh, (laughs) i don't know what to say (laughs) um but yeah, so on that on that note, <laughs> talking about you know the craft and what um, you know, w- women in film, which movies, um, I, I, I found this um, article. So by the way, sorry guys, I sent like a 40 page research paper, something to you? I hope you didn't read that. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I did not read it.
0: I started to read I it. I, like, I, I, don't I, I know, that's <laughs> cool. Like maybe we
1: should check this out. Then it was like a million pages. Um, but witches in contemporary cinema and television: a radical feminist aesthetic, uh, and so I like this uh, opening. In the last decade, the female voice, the feminine form, and the emblematic presentation of the witch in television and cinema su- suggests a societal conflict between the sexes, a reignited focus on the natural world, and a desire for a deeper understanding of the spiritual self, which, in popular usage, has come to refer to the female and the feminine. The wild of nature has always been referred to as she. Nature can be understood as a symbol of the wild and feminine, which sits in opposition to a society which embodies infrastructure and the masculine. By entering... Well, I don't like this part because it's talking about Satan and like a pact with Satan. Uh, but basically the witch symbolically escapes institutional and patriarchal control because of this bond. Um, although if we think of Satan as as a masculine figure, that's kind of the reason I don't like the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina completely, you know, because it's like they're like, oh, the patriarchy of the, of the false God, of the Christian God, but then they're all bending to the will of Satan, I don't know, it's just weird to me. Um, but the rise of the dark and powerful witch in popular culture stems from the need for female role models capable of fighting the ugly and violent reality of the world they live in. So with that, let's just get into a chat. And Tammy, I kind of would like, you know, your thoughts here first, as somebody who is, you know, a practitioner, as somebody who's coming at this as um, I I mean, I'm not sure if you want to call it a religion or a spiritual practice, you know, but when you see the witch in cinema, <laughs> you know, what do you what goes through your mind as somebody who's practiced for you know your your whole life this as, as a as a as a path? <laughs>
3: Um, You know, for me, it's more of a spirituality, um, Mm -hmm. although Wicca is a religion or at least a known religion for the U.S. For me, it's always been a, okay. how are they going to screw it up this time? (laughs) Uh, Because I already know what I know. I know what my family has taught. I know how we are. And we don't expect to go into any kind of film or any kind of media and be represented accurately. So this is more of okay. What stereotype do you think we're going with today? And we we place bets on it. Um, you know, do you think it's going to be the green nose, the pointy hat? What do you think it's going to be this time? Um, however, at least there is something out there over the years where women had some kind of power. What I don't like is that it's fear based. I think women and men should be equally strong, and you don't need to cheat to make that happen. You don't have to use a hammer and fear to apply that. But unfortunately, that's the popular thing. Everyone loves a good witch story, and rarely is the witch good in it.
1: Do you... um... Yeah, that I love that you brought that up because um in one of these witch movies are aren't just about power, they're about the fear of female power. And uh Grady Hendricks, who is a horror author, um and writer on Satanic Panic, said that you know, that's one of the things that he can't stand about uh, these movies. they they turn out to be cautionary tales about power, the sort of, uh-oh, you got power and had to be outside and had to go outside society. Now look at you, you're killing everyone you love. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, that's sort of I think the I I just think it's a fascinating sort of concept where women get women have access to power within these films, but it's always destroying her life you know and her friends and you know so what do they really say about feminism you know and 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 can do most do which films that that have that kind of story are they feminist you know can they be considered feminist if the power is always coming from this dark place you know thoughts <laughs> <laughs>
3: I think it takes away from the feminist concept because, again, it's almost like it's cheating. It's let me give you this tool, this ability that you didn't have before. Not that you know. Let's not work on you. Let's not build you and make you strong. It's here. If I give you this, you'll be able to control the world. Oh, but everything comes at a cost. So now, what are you telling women? Either you're telling us to be strong, are you telling us that if we are strong, that we're dangerous? And that our world is going mm-hmm. to fall apart, or we're going to kill everyone we love. Um, that makes no sense. You know, I have a fourteen-year-old daughter. That is not the yeah, message I want her growing up with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Go
0: ahead, as you as you both were talking about that, I was realizing that a lot of the stories that I remember is usually when uh, the witch is coming into her power, she's usually or she usually ends up losing her love interest or her best friends or her family so it's like and you have power and love at the same time I don't know if I've seen a lot of stories that show that
1: yeah
2: no, absolutely that's all. <laughs> and I I have a I have a question that may take us on a tangent so I apologize in advance but, <laughs> but but Tammy so you know we
0: don't do tangents here.
3: Uh,
2: I that was I appreciated that. Um so uh, Tammy I my question is for you and it's mainly uh, it's this. So when you're watching um when you're watching um these movies and representations of witchcraft and so on and so forth and magic um what what films have gotten certain things right? Like what are certain things that have that are correct. So I know oh, it's, like we can, Joe, we pushing, can, it, you're pushing this forward. <laughs> I know I'm pushing it That's a little okay. bit. That's okay. Um, yeah. We'll go ahead. and We'll just jump I, into I'm that. I'm curious <laughs> if you can, if there's one thing, because like, so as like someone who is from like, an, who, who, someone's from Guam, who's from a Pacific, you know, drink, I said Guam. Um, <laughs> it's someone, as someone who I like, anytime I see like some sort of, um, some sort of representation of Pacific Islander people. I'm always very curious because it's like, you know, you know, this, that, and the other. And so, like, and that's why, like, with Moana, it's like, okay, yes, no, maybe some of it. But I'm curious um, for you if there's something in your mind that sticks out as, like, they absolutely got this one thing right.
3: (laughs) And, you know, back at you because I'm Hawaiian and Samoan, um, so we do the same. Um, But there's always a little bit of truth in every lie, right? That's just natural order. Same goes for films, you know, storytelling, what have you, there's always going to be little snippets of truth or reality or real detail that happens. But if you're not practicing, you may or may not see that. So for example, you know, without giving away too much with this new movie with the craft. Um, yeah, people set circles. Um, Some of the chants and things that they say, yeah, that comes from real text that I have used myself and I know others who do use it. Um, However, I don't believe you need four people to do magic. I think you can do it as a solitary, as a one person and call all of those elements. That is my belief. Mm -hmm. Um, That is a belief of many, but it's not the only way. But I think every film, every story I've heard or seen, there is at least one grain of sand in there that's legit. Always, it's just they built a giant fluffy story around that one grain of sand, and they kind of buried it.
0: Hmm. Thank that you. Makes sense.
1: Yeah. That makes sense. Because, I mean, I think, like, on the original craft, you know, and I think even on this new one, they brought in, like, a, you know, a Wiccan or, you know, quote, unquote, a real witch. That's probably a problematic, you know, term, real, what is real. You know, but they bring them on to consult and to give, you know, ideas. But it's Hollywood, you know, so they want to do the glitter and the glitz and, you know, to see a practical, you know, use of the magic, you know, in a film. It's just, you know, it's what you kind of come come for. Um, I did like one of the other, uh, articles I was reading talked about the witch um the vivi vivivich uh you know which came out a couple years ago and talking (laughs) about how you know that was so divisive because people felt that was kind of a feminist story about a woman escaping this sort of patriarchal society and letting loose and that there was kind of a punching down of that that you know there's this like men's rights activism on the internet that actively you know attacks and fights things that that are seen as empowering did you get a chance to see the witch and did you think that was an empowering film actually and this can go to anybody anybody can chat about their thoughts on the witch Um, it's just another one that comes out that's very um, because it's not really filled with magic magic I mean there's that moment at the end where they kind of all take flight but it's not um, it's not glitzy you know it's kind of more nature (laughs) I guess centered (laughs) any thoughts (laughs) Do we not it's see the way watch
3: I okay.
1: haven't seen that's it okay. yet. No. So. Yeah. Right. Joe's like, they talk like it's Shakespeare times. So I'm not watching that.
2: <laughs> it's it's just like it has Liza Aaron in it, and there's a problem, there's another like problematic breastfeeding thing with Liza Aaron and her nipples. And I just can't like that. That's my only thing with it. Well, no, that's not my only thing. I'm being, I'm being, of course, I'm being facetious, but I I feel like the I feel like for me, because it's such a slow burn and Joshua knows, you all know how I feel about like slow burn movies. The last, the last like 15 minutes of this film are like my favorite part because it really, it's just like, she's finally, she gets her payoff for having endured all of this, um, all of this, um, bonkers storyline leading all the way up to that. Um, I've only seen it once, and I probably only will see it once. To be quite honest, um, Ashley, any thoughts on the Vivich?
0: <laughs> I not really. <laughs> um, I think I only saw it once when it first came out, so I don't recall a whole lot of it. <laughs> Sorry, Joshua. You know, you talk about it
3: all the time.
2: No, it's yeah, no, it's totally it's fine. It's one of his rainy day movies. He puts it on in the background <laughs> because it's so beautiful and atmospheric.
1: I thought I have this beautiful, (laughs) this big uh, uh, script book of it from a 24. I I like it a lot. I think, you know, it's a great, again, it's a great examination of that time. I think they did a beautiful job with it, but that's okay. We'll move on to other uh, witch films. What are some witch films that people enjoy? Um, Tammy, what, like, what are some of your favorite films to like, if you're going to say, yeah, put this witchy film on what, what might you suggest?
3: Uh, my absolute favorite is Bell Book and Candle,
1: and why? It's
3: old, uh, uh, you know. It's an oldie but goodie, and it's one of the few where, yeah, okay, there's the magic and the glitz and whatnot, but they show that she's got a human side, and and that's the part I love the most. That and you know, the cat's name is Piwacket, and I've always loved that name, <laughs> and you know, I still go around and I hum that little tune she hums and and whatnot. But that's my go to. If I got to watch that, it, it's that one. And then my second favorite would be Scooby Doo and the Hex Girls, oddly enough. So I kind of go to, to extremes.
1: All right. I love this that. That's awesome. Yeah. That is, that is a great, uh, great. T- I would not, that kind of was out of left field. So very cool. I like it. Um, Ashley, what about you?
0: Um, I am partial to practical magic um, just because I love me some cottage core. <laughs> it it just feel good for me, <laughs> and um, maybe Halloween Town or Hocus Pocus for Joe's Disney uh, side. Yeah,
1: Joe, witchy movies. Oh, I mean,
2: I mean, Hocus Pocus is a must watch every um, every Halloween. Um, I mean, cause, is Mary Poppins like? <laughs> is she just you know? <laughs> Or she's just some sort of like, you know, I feel like Mary Poppins is like chaotic neutral, right? Like she's um maybe not necessarily a witch, maybe some sort of gin or something like that. Um yes, the, that'll you be the would name say of this Mary episode. Poppins. I mean <laughs> Well, I mean, that'll be the name of this episode, right? Mary Poppins is a gin. Um <laughs> no, I mean, like when I think of witches, I think of television. Um, I think I think of television more. So like when I and I'm always, like, I'm the person who, like, I will go to see something because of special effects. So, like, I really appreciated mm. um, The Witches. I probably would have been still really freaked out the original Witches with Angelica Houston just because, like, you know, that kind of puppet stuff really is, like, you know, the uncanny valley of it all really g- kind of freaks me out. But when I think about I think about television, so, like, yeah. in anticipation of doing this stream, I rewatched... Um, Parts I rewatched my favorite parts of American Horror Story. Um, I rewatched, um, I started mm. because I want to finish it. I started uh, up again, uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And I made it, you know, five minutes through, um, you know, what the heaven is going on here. And, you know, the, you know, the Vatican necropolis adjacent. Like, I was just like, oh my gosh, it was, it was too much for all of that. But I mean you know i i I have to go back to you know my like classic kind of t v magic stuff, so Samantha with bewitched um one of the first like television mm-hmm. shows I remember watching like all the episodes of um and um of course, you know my Melissa Joan Hart Sabrina as well
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh, those as are,
0: those problematic are as, as, well, as the is now.
2: Well, yes. <laughs> we still love her. <laughs> yes. Rewatched it doesn't hold up a lot, <laughs>
0: but
2: <Mm-mm>. um, yes. <laughs> I also like a Salem that can talk and like, you know, throw it right back to the witches. So throw it right back to, I mean, the, the current incarnation of Zelda and Hilda are probably my favorites of the two. But I do love,
1: like, you know, Nick Bakay as Salem the cat um, in the original. Yeah, I agree. I was kind of bummed when they decided not to make them talking. And I get that it was like a practical thing because they were like, well, we can't have a thousand spiders talking, you know, Hilda's um, familiars. And so it was kind of a, a choice, you know, but it's, you kind of miss the snarkiness of Salem, which in the comic adaptation, he's kind of the same. He's very, he's catty. Ha, ha. Well, uh. he also. I think um, I don't know if this had anything
2: to do, but Kiernan Shipka is actually highly allergic to cats. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So having her be like, you know, her familiar be a black cat, I think, you know, half the time she's, you know, I think she's pumped full of a lot of antihistamines. Yeah.
1: I, um, I, I do have a soft spot for practical magic. I do really like that. I like those books by Alice Hoffman. She's got a series now of them. Um, you know, what was it? Somebody posted the other day, one of our friends bath and body. What was it? Oh my gosh. It was so funny. It was, I think Sean Keller. He was like, he calls it bath and body, witches or something, uh, which I just found amusing because you know it is kind of like that um but yeah i you know the craft for me is always a classic you know um
2: i'm telling you the the so to go back to the the sequel reboot whatever we're going to call it uh the craft leg the craft colon legacy um it very much sets up that there are going to be future films Um, and there better be future films because I want to see, I'm telling you, I want to see Rachel True as the proprietress of a magic shop in that town when they're like, you know, the girls are doing research or, or another town girls are doing research, go back and they open it. And then, you know, Rachel True is there as the proprietress of this town, helping them, you know, giving them stories of the past or whatever. Like I need to see that. I want to see that. We can make it happen. Hashtag if we just go, believe, go, clap and believe. Go, go to my
0: change.org petition.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right, right.
1: Right. Joe, I actually love that you brought that up um, because I did want to talk a little bit about. Uh, so the craft is sort of credited, especially with people like my age who were like teenagers when the craft came out. I mean, that was kind of our introduction to like, you know, this new kind of witchcraft that wasn't like Satanism exactly. It wasn't it wasn't like bewitched. It wasn't pointy hats. You know, it was stylish and sexy and, you know, they were vengeful yes. and, you know, they they were using their powers to better their, their lot in life. You know, I think that's the first place I saw like tarot and, um, you know, herbs, yes. you know, and all these kind of sort of this, it's not deep, deep into the film. You know they. You know the, the. It's obviously it's a teen drama horror film, uh, but you know it was sort of introduced people to it, and so I'm curious, um, Tammy, what you think about sort of how films like The Craft influence the craft (laughs) you know and do you hear that a lot from people who might be interested in you know talking to you about you know your beliefs or expanding their own beliefs if it's like well i want to do like that thing in the craft
3: (laughs) you always get that um my concern is always the younger people and in the movie it's portrayed as teenagers who decide to dabble with this because there's something lacking in their life and now magic is the answer and that translates mm. to reality. Then you get teenagers who are looking for the books and trying to learn all these things that they don't know what they're talking about or what they're working with. And yeah, it's all about what you believe, but you don't dabble with what you don't know. It's always good to have a teacher and mentor. I'm not saying that teenagers can't practice. It's just like any other thing. I'm not going to hand a beer to my teenager and you know say, hey, just figure it out you have to have some kind of leadership involved in that. And so I don't mind being a resource and a mentor. Um, However, you know, there are legal matters. And if you're under 18, an adult has to be involved with that. So it can't just be, you know, Sabrina coming Hmm. to my door, Sabrina and her mom have to come to my door.
1: Hmm. That's interesting. That's 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 good to know. Um, I, you know, I, I, I'm also curious about. Uh, so, Rachel True re- recently re- released a a book and a and a tarot deck. Do you ever use tarot in your practice or use it for your for yourself?
3: I've been practicing tarot since I was 12 years old. I just turned 47. Um, I do tarot and I do like stones and pendulum and whatnot. It's a great way to get insight, but it's not the absolute answer. A lot of it that I do when I do readings for people comes from my own intuition and the messages I receive personally.
1: Yeah, that's what her book is all about, intuitive tarot and using it sort of like as a self-care, sort of like a therapist in a box. You know, I mean, maybe you're also seeing a professional, but I I really love that kind of idea. and. So I was curious about thoughts on that. Joe, I know you've been mm-hmm. sort of exploring tarot as well. Ashley, I'm not sure if you've ever looked into, into tarot. Oh. I definitely find it um, very revealing, you know, when you kind Thank of you. are looking at a card from a self-care standpoint, you know, as as like therapy for yourself, you know, of organizing your thoughts. Right. Um. I... So I,
2: I think I've talked about this on the podcast, so I forget which episode it was, but there was, there was a time about two years ago where I really started to have what, you know, most people had when they were, when they watched the craft for the first time in the nineties and the, you know, the, the very Gothic teens, this, this, um, um, interest in, um, what, uh, what one of my dear friends calls the natural religion, you know, the natural and, and trying to find, um, my connection to that. And that was also a, um, and tower was my gateway into that and reading more about, it and it became something that I became so, um, I started getting books and, and reading as much as I could. Um, and where I kind of stopped and what's kind of stalled, what stalled or ha- put on pause for me a little bit right now is, um, reconciling, um, reconciling a lot of the literature that I was reading, which was, um, like, you know, upon researching who the authors were, were primarily, um, uh, white, uh, presumably cis folks, um, and reconciling that with kind of, um, my own, uh, cultural beliefs as like an indigenous tumoral person. And, and, you know, Tammy, uh, bringing you brought up that you are, um, that you are also from, uh, rooted in, rooted in the island people, rooted in island nation. And I'm curious to know, um, your thoughts on this as well. Um, how you're able how to kind of where to begin as far as navigating like a this tradition that has its roots very much in europe um as and where to find um kind of that balance or um I, i don't know if you um if you can speak to that
3: i think that's the reason why i call myself eclectic wiccan is because I am of mixed heritage, and so I have learned from elders from different backgrounds. And we always believe in, take what works for you, chuck the rest. So there are times when I will call upon my Polynesian deities. There are times when I call upon my Grecian deities, my Egyptian and whatnot. And so it just depends on what my intention and my purpose is at that time as to how I work with it. Um, And that's why I say eclectic, because for me, it's a mix. It's not just targeting celtic or this one path
2: yeah thank you thank you for for sharing that because yeah. i Um, in, in kind of the beginning of this journey, I also like, this was two years ago. So I did return home, uh, back to Guam for, um, like, you know, better part of a month. And while I was there, I was trying to search for anything that was like literature or even oral tradition about the, about the ancient beliefs prior to, uh, prior to Christianity, prior to, you know, enslaving, um, the ancient peoples, uh, prior to Magellan landing. And so I was looking for what I could regarding that as far as the ancient beliefs. Um, because I like you was, I, I like you, am it, like very much interested in that notion of like, you, you take what works, you chuck the rest. And there was a, I had a really great conversation where somebody said to me, it's like, you know, you are the Western world, Western cis white society is, is, is all about mastery. It's teaching us about mastery. We have to master things. We have to be the master of this notion, this concept. But, you know, us, our tradition is like, you know, we are, we're about learning and inclusion and trying to be um and not mastering just being the best version of yourself is a way to you know to go to to move forward with that so i thank you for sharing that with me because that's very that's it's definitely affirmed uh uh where i feel like my my where i'm going and you know and we'll probably have a much deeper and richer chat after this about more other things
0: <laughs> <Go ahead>.
1: so. <laughs> so i did want to take uh, a moment so marissa had had commented about uh, tarot as like therapy as self care uh, i i recommend rachel's book it's very interesting just you know kind of this intuitive approach to tarot there's also a book um uh, the tarot for self-care, which has some great pointers in it. And just, you know, uh, taking those that time to kind of see what your subconscious brings up and being honest with yourself about how you interpret the cards. So I recommend those. So with our last little bit of time here, tomorrow will be Halloween. We're going to have a full moon. It just feels like this magical time. Um, And uh, Tammy, you had sent a really interesting article about uh, witchcraft and sort of that, um, you know, death and, and life and, you know, sort of what Halloween and, and, and uh, Samhain and, you know, this time means. And I'm just curious, you know, I, um, I don't know, I'm just curious about your, your thoughts on that and what, uh, what, what people might want to do to honor the dead or, you know, to honor, their loss this year should they have had it <laughs>
3: <laughs> there's always life death and rebirth it's the natural balance and Solan is that time when we really focus on that we really remember this is kind of like our new year's it's a reset so it's what can i let go of where can i move forward where can i get on my own way um, what do i need to bring in and we call upon our ancestors and our beloved dead to kind of help and guide us at that point. So it's no different than going to the graveyard to go see grandpa and asking him a question and hoping he'll answer. It's just we can do that anywhere. Um, and at Solan, we believe that the veil between the worlds is thin and easier to communicate through. We communicate with them all year long, but especially now. Um, I also have more information on my Facebook page that we'll post tomorrow about Solan. So if anyone wants to get more details they can read more about someone there. Um, but it's really just about the balance of life and death, the new and the old. Where where do I need to focus? Where do I need to work? And some ancestor, some guide giving you some advice that might pay off. But you can leave out anything, whatever that person likes. So say you have a favorite ancestor that's passed on. Um, Did they like cigars? Did they like a certain food? Did they like a certain drink? leave a little bit out for them. We call it a dumb supper. I place an empty chair at my table. I put a plate. I put a cup. I do all the utensils like I would if I was going to eat there. And I put those favorite foods there, and I invite that person to come and enjoy that food. And whether I hear them or feel them or not, they know that they're welcome there. And that's a great, easy way to give honor. Um, Writing a list. Write a list of all the people that you've lost or all the things that you've lost Give honor to it. You can read it off. You can burn it after. You can ring bells to it. Whatever speaks to you, it doesn't have to be a you know, true pagan way. What speaks to you? What in your heart of hearts says, "Hey, this is me giving honor to this person or thing that's passed on."
2: Oh, I love it. I,
3: wow.
2: I okay. so yeah thank you
1: thank you for that that's lovely and that is something that anybody can do to have that you know to have that connection and that reminder that's very beautiful (laughs) sorry joe go ahead
2: (laughs) no no it's just you know we there's definitely like we have this kind of set up in the house already as like the place where you know all the ancestors live um but to take that time to have that um to make it present. You know, I think like this is Catholic tradition coming out of me where it's like, you know, you do it every single time and that's how you remember. And so in this way, it's like, you know, there's this, that's the remembrance that's happening by actually creating that space for them. So that's, yeah, that's really great.
1: Oh, wow. Oh my gosh. (laughs) There's just so much, you know, uh, this is such a rich, uh, subject matter, you know, to dive into. So thank you so much for spending, you know, a little bit of time with us tonight and sharing your 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 thoughts. Um any other final just, you know, we got a few minutes left here. Um I don't know if the the comment section if anybody has some favorite witch films they want to throw out that we didn't discuss that they, you know, that we might want to comment on. Is there any witch movies that we like left, you know, that are just like, oh, I want to talk about it <laughs> or witch stuff? Mm. Did anybody do witchy things when they were (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you, Jackie from Jersey Ghouls Happy Halloween I
3: did
2: did forget to mention um, Charmed Um, Oh Uh, And I don't know why I don't know why, but it was like That was like my hard entrance into Like the The kind of like (laughs) 90s you know, the, I, I say the 90s because it's informed heavily by the craft, but like the 90s gothy witch, um, the craft was definitely my entrance into that. Um, One thing I do appreciate about the craft for as, you know, campy kooky as it could be, as it ended up being, like it did definitely take from the like, we're going to have all the mythologies in it. So, you know, I think it was season five or six where we have the Greek gods and the leprechauns and Excalibur and the sword and the stone. Um, and so, right. I mean, you know, looking back on it, I do appreciate that. Um, Ashley, you you had something for the craft or no for charmed. Oh, I don't know.
0: <laughs> oh, I definitely grew up on that. Um, watching it maybe a little bit later than like when it was actually airing because it was well, I was something I watched every day while I got ready for school. Uh, it was on like I don't know TBS or the CW, whatever the CW was before. Um, so I rewatched and watched and watched um, that show, uh, and pretended that I was a witch when I was little. Maybe maybe I wasn't pretending. I don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, um, uh, I I just see Marissa's comment. Um, her grandmother was a practitioner of Santeria. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. We um, we actually have, I believe in San Diego, we actually have a store that is run um, by a centera, but I'm not sure if it still exists. Um,
3: oh, Tammy but, yeah. might know. <laughs> um, so we have a couple of Botanicas here in town. I think the one you're thinking of, though, is Botanica Mama Roots on Adam's. It's the first one San Diego had. It's still around. Um, ghosty i star. Tell her Tammy says hi. Um, she's great. All of her people are great and great energy when you walk in. So that's probably the one you're thinking of. Mm-hmm. And I oh, think it's is the best the one. one in town personally. Ah,
1: yeah. that's awesome very cool. Thank you for sharing that Marissa. That's awesome. Yeah, a lot of these movies do have good soundtracks. Actually, the um the Craft soundtrack was talked about earlier today, uh, you know, if you uh, were listening to the um and I I'm hoping that they'll release it as a uh, as a as a podcast cuz I'd like to listen to the conversation again, but Matt and Scott from Horror Movie Night talked about the Craft soundtrack which um I don't know. I was, you know, I have such a Lilith Fairheart, you know, so for me, like, I love the craft soundtrack. <laughs> there's just lots of great women, good songs on it, you know, just reminds me of the nineties, Sarah McLachlan and that she's not on there, but it just reminds me of like that, mm, the, the magic of like the nineties, that kind of vibe, <laughs> you know, Where just, it, you know, there was such this sense of empowerment and sense that things were changing for women and the craft, you know, I feel like kind of pulled some of that in and, you know, so there's some great, great songs on that, on that album and see like I love Princess
2: Nokia yeah. which was uh which ended up being like one yeah. of the that's the poll quote that a lot of the reviewers were doing for that giving for um for um what's it called for um uh, for the craft legacy was like talking about Princess Nokia's politics and I was like well I mean if it if it gets more people to listen to Princess Nokia it'd be great um specifically um you know how she basically was, you know, sampled by Ariana for Seven Rings, but we're not going to really talk about that. Um, <laughs> this is just me and my pop sensibility.
1: <laughs> that's your magic, Joe. You know, that's your magic. You, you just know all of it. All the pop stuff. <laughs> I, I thought it was fun, you know. I mean, yeah, the music in it was, it was a good time, you know. Overall, if I was, like, if I was myself, like, th- if I was still, like, the way I was when I was 12 or 13, I would have loved The Crap Legacy as well. You know, and I would have been hardcore into Sabrina. I just, you know, I have, you know, just bigger thoughts than I did then. You know what I mean? Like, like I was saying with with uh, Chaos, with the uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, it's just, you know, I'm, I just find it very problematic that's supposed to be so feminist, and then it's like, oh, but the devil is a man, and all of our power is based in him. You know, it's just like there's just still these kind of problematic um, conversations, which again exist within all of the witchery movies. It's, look at this. She's just, is so, you know, it's not Hemlock this time. It's Lilium. She just will not stop. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Well, I think we're going to, we have to wrap it up. Uh, this was so much fun again. Thank you so much, Ashley, our favorite final Goyle uh, for joining right. us. Thank you. And lovely, Tammy. Thank you. We do uh, hope that you'll join us again on a future uh, podcast for Fright School because there is so much more to discuss with you and so much more to explore here. Um, I would do a... I I would say please consider donating uh, to... the scarce of cares uh they they're running it there at the bottom so please 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 uh, donate it's such a cool organization and what they do and uh horror movie night is get you, know, you can win a prize so oh, before, somebody, before oh, we yes yes oh, yes sorry, one more
2: th- tammy can you can you um give just a brief uh uh brief shout out to your etsy store oh yes, and and where people can find you that way
3: oh. Yes. so on Etsy, you can find me at Broomsticks Designs. The logo is a little witch, looks just like me. Or you can find me on Facebook uh, under Broomsticks. Same logo, you'll see the 10-year banner. Um, I'm happy to help anybody with anything that I can make. I make candles, bath and body, et cetera, et cetera. Just look at the page. If you can't find it, message me. I'll make it for you.
1: Awesome. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, that is awesome, and we'll we'll have links and stuff to that in 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 the in the show notes as well. Um, yeah, oh my gosh, this was so much fun. It was fun to sort of revisit some of my favorite witchy things. Uh, of course, my favorite witchy thing is Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Joshua, you're my favorite witchy thing. <laughs> Oh my gosh, we were watching the uh, Hocus Pocus uh, live thing that was going on earlier and Elvira called herself a vampire which I was a little confused by because I always thought of Elvira as a witch. Uh, And in the film, she's a witch, or at least she has magical powers, so I thought that was interesting. So I don't know where there's like revisionist history happening. Well, Joshua, I mean, yeah, there's very much revisionist history because they did a whole thing
2: about how the Sanderson sisters got kicked out of Hogwarts which I was like, this is too much. Um... Maybe they saw the transphobia on the wall.
0: Oh my gosh!
2: But but yeah. But anyway, uh, I love you all. Um, I can't wait to have this conversation again because we need to have to do this again when we have m- definitely more time. Oh my gosh, um, and when we
1: can all sit to together in a room again, sit when
2: will
4: we be able to do
1: that?
3: <laughs> and call the circle. And right. call the <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, thank you again all for joining us. Thank you so much, Horror Movie Night, for having us on. This was so much fun. And uh, just all day long, the, the conversations have been awesome. They've been just filled with delightful content. And it's still continuing, so stick around and uh, keep, on, keep on watching. Joe, I adore you. Good Joshua, night. Matt, <laughs> Matt, Matt, I adore you. you uh, just are. one
4: last time. Uh, thank you, Joshua and Joe. Joe, you joined us earlier for the round of I Can't Believe I Did That, where we just shared some of our deepest, darkest uh, secrets and childhood trauma. Uh, and Josh, uh, I said this earlier on the show. I've said this to every single one of the people that have joined us, but... Um, <laughs> I couldn't do this without any of you guys. You guys have all just been such wonderful additions to my life and my, uh, I mean, I'd hate to say podcasting career cause I don't, it's not really, I don't, you know, you got to get paid to have a career, uh, but <laughs> like, uh, but like the, the friendship and the, the, the reach of the people that have become focal points in my life is never ending. So thank you so much for taking an hour out of your time to join us for this. And uh, I am so excited for, when we can do this again one day, uh, hopefully, all at one house, sitting on a couch, just watching a bunch of bad movies. Uh, but yes, I will, awesome. real quick, I will drop off for just 30 seconds to let you tell people where they can check out more Fright School. And then we are doing the final segment of the live
1: stream. Yay. So, you Fright School, we're on all your favorite pod catchers. <laughs> you know, we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're on uh, SoundCloud, all those things. Uh, Google, uh, Google play definitely on Google play. Um,
2: <laughs> And, um, yes, please, uh, rate us, subscribe. We have merch on T public. If you go to tpubliccom slash fright school, you can pick up some of our merch. We have, uh, the f- Joshua's, uh, five favorite, witches, my five favorite, witches, and then, um, we have some other really fun, uh, merch ideas. If you really like, um, Eric Northman from true blood, then you <laughs> definitely want to get our, uh, Scandinavian Baldwin's shirt. Uh, Designed by the awesome uh, Brendan Haley. So please um, like, rate, subscribe, and we'll see you every Monday in your feeds.
4: And your air balls. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That was the boys from Fright School. Go and check out their podcast. It is fantastic. I highly recommend it.